Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I'm Nick Veronica, not joined by my best friend, Charlie Lukowski. Not because he's not my best friend anymore, but because he is caught up with some work. So you are stuck with just me today. But that's okay. We're going we're, we're gonna to survive. We're going to get through. We got uh, a bunch of topics lined up to talk about here. So we're just going to go on through. But before we get there, we do have to mention um, Southwest Florida. We talked about last week how uh, Charlie's from Fort Myers area, which just got hit very badly by Hurricane Ian. And we wanted to uh, do something as a podcast to try to try to find some organizations doing good work down there and donate. And we said we would donate a dollar amount based on either how much the Bills won by or for how many points they scored. And I texted Charlie mid-game. I said, Charlie, I think the Bills want us to donate to Southwestern Florida. They beat the Steelers 38-3. to So we still got to figure out what we're going to do with that. Charlie's not here today to talk about it. But we are still uh, definitely open to any listeners who want to get in on the donation matching. We did have one tweet from at cannoli underscore mafia pledging a dollar for every Bills point to one or two of those charities is an awesome idea i'd be in uh thank you to cannoli mafia great name by the way uh if you want to do that hey slide into our dms on twitter at the underscore process podcast we are more than happy in fact we'd be grateful for anything you could you guys want to help out with that the charities we are working with here are called eva's closet think pineapple and captains for clean water all going to help people in southwest florida especially huge, huge Buffalo expat population down there can help out people affected by Hurricane Ian. So we know it's very close to us. It's very important to Charlie and myself. Uh, Thank you to anybody else who wants to hop in on that. And hey, man, cheers to the Bills for scoring all those points, I guess. All right, no music, just me. We're going in. Deal with it. All right, here we go. Bills Steelers, 38 to 3. How much more can you say about this? The Bills rolled up to an NFL game without both starting safeties, two starting cornerbacks, without their middle linebacker, their tight end, and two receivers, and they won 38-3. to This was an absolute domination. This was uh, the biggest, one of the biggest Steelers' losses in their modern history. This was one of the Bills' biggest victories in their history. Not the biggest. It's up there. Uh, just, just domination, start to finish. 98-yard touchdown on the first drive to Gabe Davis, tied the longest offensive touchdown in franchise history. Terrell Owens also had a 98-yarder from Fitz. Uh, I think that was 2009, and they've had some uh, interception and kickoff returns that were longer. Uh, those were in the, in the you know 100-plus, started in their own end zone, went all the way back. Uh, just truly, truly domination. Offense and defense, Steelers missed a couple field goals. Uh, honestly, I thought Kenny Pickett had it. A decent decent day i think his team didn't help him out very much they you know they make the field goals they get up to nine which is still not great even against a good defense like the bills this first game willing to cut him some slack um not loving the steelers receiving core they didn't they didn't help him out a bunch uh george pickens i think should get going i have him on some fancy teams i'm waiting for like the, the rookie connection to uh to merge there and for them to get on the same page because Pickens, Pickens has a ton of highlights. You even saw it in this game. Pickens loves blocking. He loves bowling over defenders. I think somebody said uh, they tweeted tweet a video of him just running somebody over and said, I go to the George Pickens school of, of getting open. I love that. So 
He's he's got a bright future in this league. He's very talented. He just needs uh, needs some targets. Honestly, he needs needs a quarterback who's going to force him the ball, and he's he's got the talent for it. So looking forward to that. Uh, in fantasy with Kenny Pickett, man, thirty eight to three. They didn't need to play Josh Allen after halftime. They could have taken out all the starters at halftime and literally literally like a high school game where they started the buses and, and, and the starters didn't come out for the second half. Sean McDermott wanted to be respectful, was nice, got Josh Allen, you know, even more fantasy stats. End of the day with unbelievable numbers, 424 passing yards, four touchdowns, also ran five times for 42 yards. It was his second career game surpassing 400 yards and four passing touchdowns. He has two games like that in his career. Every other quarterback in Bill's history just won. Crazy. All right, let's flip over this week. Bill's Chiefs. One of the most interesting things about this was the Bills opened as two-point favorites on the road at Kansas City. This Patrick Mahomes has had success almost from the start of his career. He is been a favorite in every home game he's ever played until this week. And the Chiefs are coming off a short week, which I know is, is big to Vegas. They The line got bigger after Monday Night Football. It started at two. Then Chiefs played the Raiders on Monday Night Football. The line grew. It was Tuesday morning. It was two and a half on FanDuel and three on DraftKings. It looks like it's a two and a half today. Think about that. Patrick Mahomes, youngest person to ever win the Super Bowl and the MVP award, always has a good team on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Three-point underdog, two-and-a-half-point underdog at home to the Buffalo Bills. And I got to be honest with you. watch I watched Bill Chiefs Raiders last week. And I'm, I'm, at the end of the game, I'm sitting there thinking, Bills are going to roll. The Bills are clearly a better team than the Chiefs. Will they bring it Sunday? I don't know. That's why we watch the game, so we got to find out. Over the long run, the Bills seem like a clearly better team. They are getting healthy, which is going to help. Let's go through the injury report real quick. Um, the only players through Thursday who are, have not practiced this week, Taiwan Jones, Jake Kumaro. Everyone else has been at least limited, including Christian Benford, including Tremaine Edmonds, including Dawson Knox, including Jordan Poyer, even Jordan Phillips. Some of those guys, you probably had to think they were sitting out of the Steelers game to hope to be ready for this game. They got the bye week next. This is this is a game that you want to play in. This is a game you can push it forward knowing you have the bye week next. I would expect Jermaine Edmonds and probably Jordan Poyer to get back out there. Something's a little weird with the Poyer injury. McDermott was extra, extra skeptical, extra not giving you any information, being very vague. Something's maybe weird there, but I'm hoping he gets his million dollars from, from Pat McAfee to his charity. McAfee told him, you break the interception record set by Trayvon Diggs last year. Got a million dollars coming to your charity. I hope he does it. That'd be a great story. He's already got four picks. He only needs eight more. It's uh, 
amazing to think that that's the, you know, the record 11 would have been a, like a modern record because teams are so careful with the ball these days. It could happen. It could happen. All right. Let's talk Kansas city right now. The chiefs. Why, why, why do I say the bills are clearly better? I think, uh, Two, the two biggest reasons that, that I would think are number one is defense. Bills are number – are they number one or number two in – okay, they're number one in points allowed and number two in yards allowed. Pairing that with an offense that's number two in points scored and number one in yards. The Bills are getting it done on both sides of the ball. They're top in the league in both, even with the injuries they've had. The Bills are a very well-rounded team. The Chiefs – have the offense to, to keep up. They're number one in points. They're the only team that scores more than the Bills. Uh, defense is lacking, though. I, th- I think they, they can be exploited there. They have holes there. They're, they're, their game is to outscore you. So they're 23rd in points against and 14th in yards against. I know it's early. It's only been five games uh, you, before the season. That, that was still something that was clear, was that the, the Chiefs' defense was a step behind. And the second thing I would say is is the offense without Tyree Kill is not quite not quite as is explosive, not quite as is lethal. Um, still extremely extremely good. Patrick Mahomes, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. But it's just it's just not the same. It's it's you know the outside threats are just are just not as. You know, you're not worried about him as much. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is has their most yards from scrimmage. And then Travis Kelsey is next. And the Bills are absolutely gonna have to find a way to defend Travis Kelsey. Uh, they should watch what the Raiders tried to do in the red zone and do the exact opposite. He had four touchdowns last week. They, you know, some of them were just wide open. Just blows the mind that you would not you would leave that guy. Uh, but but after that, I mean, who who are you looking for in the passing game? Marquez Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster, McCall uh, Hardman, Sky Moore. I mean, what what are you what are you looking at here in this passing game that you're really truly threatened by? If you have any of those players on fantasy, you know it's frustrating. They they're they're week to week, they're up and down. It's it's a lot of broken plays, it's a lot of who he happened to find open. And, uh, you know, the touchdown volume, it just has not not been there at all. So, I mean, receiving touchdowns, Kelsey's got seven. He's amazing. Edwards Hilaire actually has three. Jody Fortson? Jody Fortson. This is, this is Buffalo's Jody Fortson, who's converted to tight end, has two receiving touchdowns this year. McKinnon's got one. Justin Watson's got one. Hardman's got one. Nothing for Valdez Scandling. Nothing for Smith Schuster. Sky Moore had big hopes for him in, in fantasy drafts. The rookie receiver in the Chiefs offense gets Patrick Mahomes. He's got five catches so far this year. Not, I mean, if you're in redraft leagues, leagues absolutely just drop him. He's not worth rostering unless you're in, you know, the deepest keeper leagues. So that, that's why I say the bill, the bills certainly appear to have the edge on this game. They got to go into Arrowhead. They got to return to the scene of the crime. 13 seconds, you know, I'm thinking about this week. Is this the game of the year in the NFL? And you look around the league, I got to say, absolutely. This is absolutely the game of the year. 
you you look around the league who else is, is really dominant who who's a, a true top super bowl contender you're saying okay the eagles yep do the bills play the eagles no do the chiefs play the eagles no <clears throat> excuse me Bills against Chiefs is your marquee matchup of the NFL season. Two best quarterbacks on the two best teams that, that are going to face each other this year. It's a shame in some ways, you know, this is not a Super Bowl matchup, obviously, because they would meet in the AFC Championship. But the two best teams coming off of what happened last year with 13 seconds, this is absolutely the game of the year in the NFL. Sean McDermott was asked about 13 seconds this week, and he's, he's been cagey about that. He has not wanted to take responsibility. He has not wanted to share any detail. Well, you know, quote unquote responsibility saying I'm taking, I don't know. It's just been, it's been weird. He has not wanted to share any details, did not want to throw anyone under the bus. I still think maybe he was trying to help Leslie Frazier get head coaching jobs and not want to throw him under the bus. McDermott said this week, quote, you learn from things like that and you move forward and you're not afraid to learn from things and correct things and adjust and evolve. I'm just comfortable with this football team, comfortable going out there today and practicing and, and trying to get us better. He said he didn't bring it up with the team this week. He said, I don't think there's a need to. They're aware. This is a new team in a lot of ways. And we've already shown that this and, and we've already shown that this year in a lot of ways. And this team will take on its own identity. Well, the best way to do that is to show that you've actually learned from your mistakes. And I get—I know I seem to be in the minority on this. Should they have squib kicked? Yeah. Did kicking deep really, really hurt them that badly? No. What really killed them was the defense that they played. And I got to re repeat, they took time out before the plays and still put this defense on the field. The defense let the Chiefs get into field goal range. Should there have been less time left on a squib kick? Yeah, maybe. Would they still have had some, some amount of time? Would they have been farther down the field? Maybe. I don't know. Defense is what let them down the most in that game. And they got beat once, and they had timeout, and they still didn't get it right. Just absolutely still, I don't know. The special teams coordinator's gone. He was not renewed, or I forget I forget the wording. Should he have told Tyler Bass squib it instead? Is he a scapegoat for the McDermott-Frazier defense that, that failed? Did Leslie Frazier have to answer for that in job interviews this year? We don't know any about any of that. The Bills have not talked about it the players have followed their coach's lead and they are seemingly putting it under the rug and saying it's in the past and it's behind us and all on the outside all we can do is see how the you know have they learned are they gonna come through in in close games and they find they snapped they did snap their streak which we talked about against the ravens they won a one score game they've 
it's what you what you want to see is are they doing the little things that show they know how to close out games is their clock management where it needs to be are all the players aware of the clock and the situation and the down and distance and and you know running out the clock as opposed to scoring which they did a great job at against the chiefs i'm sorry against the ravens are we going to need to see that against the chiefs we need to see that at some point. Yeah, eventually you're not going to be able to beat up on a rookie quarterback 38 to 3. You're going to have an off day. You're going to have bad calls or fumbles or something that's going to go the other way, and you're going to have to steal a couple. That's what happens in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are 4 and 1 because they know how to steal games. They should have lost. Well, should have. I don't like should have. They were outplayed in a, a number of games, and they, they, Definitely, I thought, should have lost week two to the Chargers. The Chargers played much better, and the Chiefs pulled it out. Uh, they, they blew out the Bucks. That's fine. The Raiders, should they have lost to the Raiders? Like, uh, You could look at it that way. I think they, they had the really bad roughing the passer penalty to help the Raiders, but I don't, I don't know. They have not played quite as good as the Bills have played this year. And yeah, I'm telling you again, the end of the Monday night game, knowing that the Chiefs have a short week ahead and seeing how they played against the one and four Raiders, who also have a knack for losing one score games, it just felt like the Bills are clearly a better team. The point spread makes sense to me. We got the game of the year. I'm excited. It's gonna be a great day of of football. This is the two best quarterbacks we have in the game right now and that we may have for some time. People were saying, is this Brady? Is this Brady against Manning? You know, they're not the same type of players, but yeah, this is that caliber of matchup. These guys are the superstars for the next decade in the league. I did see some, some commentary on Twitter, you know, I don't know how you know if, if this is representative, but but things that happen to get surfaced onto my feed. A lot of Chiefs fan. I don't even know if a lot. Some Chiefs fans wanted to try to put down the Bills a little bit this week and trying to say, "Hey, just just remember, you know, your guy hasn't accomplished what our guy has." I got to be honest with you. Patrick Mahomes has undoubtedly had a better career to this point. He's got a Super Bowl. He's got an MVP. It's getting harder and harder every week not to admit that Josh Allen is currently better than Patrick Mahomes or is at least performing more dominantly than Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes does amazing things every week and they they make his team good enough to win. Josh Allen is doing things that you have not even thought were possible. It's getting harder. Josh Allen, better than Mahomes, question mark. It's hard. It's a hard thing to admit, given that Mahomes definitely has had a more productive career to this point. But man, maybe he settles it on Sunday. I don't know. They're both great. It's it's you're never going to have a definitive answer here. But given what Josh adds in the running game, the way he just 
figures it out. It's, oh, it's third and 10. Okay. And he's going to scramble and run past and deke somebody out and lay a shoulder to pick up the first. It's like, it's constantly something that you didn't think of or think was possible. It's possible for Josh Allen and he, he knows it. And Mahomes also has that kind of magic in him. He, you know, Mahomes is more, more with his arm. He's going to find an angle that you didn't think was there. He's going to, he's going to find some way to escape the rush. Cheat this guy, then step back up in the pocket and throw to somebody 30 yards downfield. They're both so much fun to watch. It's getting harder to say Josh Allen isn't doing it a, a little bit better right now than Patrick Mahomes. And hey, maybe Patrick Mahomes would say, I would love to have guys like Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis on my team. And that would be fair. It's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to this game a lot. All right. It's coming time for the pick. Uh, Bills minus two is uh, two and a half is the line at most books right now. I'm looking for a high scoring game here. I'm thinking this is the offensive showdown team we've been waiting for. If you suffered through uh, Thursday night football the last two weeks, 12 to 9 and 12 to 7. Bills Chiefs might outscore that in the first quarter. Over under for this game is 54. I'm taking the Bills and I'm taking the over. Bills 37, Chiefs 33. Boom. Did I really just say 70 points are going to be scored in an NFL game? Huh. All right. Maybe that's a take right there. Uh, Looking forward to offense. I'm hoping we get some fun. Hey, you know what? It would be great if the Bills won 37 to 17. Uh, these two teams, uh, it's going to be offense, offense, offense. Can the Bills stop Kelsey? Can they? I don't know. I, I still can't figure out the Chiefs running game. They want to give it to Edwards Hilaire, but McKinnon's a big piece. And Isaiah Pacheco is like maybe better than both of them, but doesn't have the role yet. It's It's weird, but. We're, we're not going to see a ton of handoffs, I think. you know maybe, maybe they'll be involved in the passing game. This is going to be a pass-first game. And honestly, I'm excited to see what uh, the Bills do up front, pressuring Patrick Mahomes. They, they've proven they can get home with four. Everyone else can be in coverage. They can spy. Maybe i got to look into the Mahomes rushing prop. We'll see what that's looking like. All right, one other Bills Bill's note here before we switch over to Sabres quickly. A lot of rumors out there. Bills need a running back. Are they going to trade for Christian McCaffrey? All right, here's how I see it. To me, Christian McCaffrey is not a fit for the Bills. I would be surprised. And it's it's not because he's not a talented player. It's mostly because of contract and a little bit because of team building. So let's look at the contract first of all. Christian McCaffrey has four year, uh, well, three three years left on his deal after this season. So four years counting this year. He is still owed a ton of money. 2023, 11.8 million. 2024, 11.8 million. 2025, 12 million. And you do gotta say to yourself, well, gee, this is NFL money. This is seller cap money. This isn't Dollar, this isn't real dollars, and you're kind of right there, but you're not you're not right in the 
people who say the salary cap isn't real. Not the salary cap is real. Teams need to do all this finagling to get around it because it is real. Like it's not real. These dollars aren't real in the sense that they're not guaranteed. And what that means, the way I'm reading this contract here, yes, the Panthers have already paid out his bonuses. And most of most of his, his money this year is in bonus money, which really just means they guaranteed it for him and they got to spread the cap head out over the next couple of seasons. His base salary this year is just over a million. If the Bills or any team were to trade for him, they would pay him uh one one week or you know pro rata you know one eighteenth of that salary for every week in the regular season times how many weeks they have him for. At, you know, so literally, like, let's say, let's say there's, you get, you get this guy for 10 games. It's 1,035,000. Oop, hold on. Let's try that again. 1,035,000 divided by 18 times 10. This calculator is not uh, my friend right now. I'm going to try that one more time. 1,035,000. Divided by 18 times it by 10. You get this guy for 10 games, and it only costs you $575,000 against the salary cap this year to have Chris McCaffrey on your team if you trade for him. That is a number every single team can figure out how to fit. Every other money, all these bonuses, the Panthers have already paid. That credit, if you trade or cut this person, gets charged to your cap. They get a big dead cap hit this year, and the future years all accelerate to next year. So here, here's why, even though that, that number sounds good to you, and the Panthers know that number sounds good, but why, why I don't see this happening is, number one, what would it take to get this guy? The Panthers know what they have. They know that he's cheap this year. This, this is an expensive trade. They need draft picks. They only have four this year. They know they have a talented asset who's inexpensive to a team this year. What they also know is that it's going to hurt them to make this trade. They get an $18 million cap charge next year for his future bonuses that have already been paid if they were to trade him. That's a huge dead cap to take on. Point number two for the Bills, what what do you do next year? You can't, you're not having an $11.8 million base salary for a running back on your team. You the, If the Bills were to trade for McCaffrey, they're probably cutting him this offseason. To me, this seems like a, this would be a one-year rental and you deal with whatever is it dead cap i think if he's, he's got a million guaranteed for 2023 according to spot track you're not taking that that almost 12 million dollars for a running back if the bills trade for mccaffrey there they would almost certainly be a rental for this year and they would cut him after this or try to restructure that would he want to restructure that i don't he probably thinks he could make more somewhere else unless he unless he's Totally loves the team, loves the culture, and values winning. The, the Bills can't have that charge on their cap next year or the next three years for a running back. So how, how much are you giving up for one year of this guy? 
Also, what did you draft James Cook for? If if you're going to go do this halfway through the season, that that's the team building part that doesn't make sense to me. You just spent a high draft pick on James Cook. What are you making this, his role irrelevant for by bringing in bringing in a guy like this, giving up more assets to bring in a guy like this? So that's why I I don't see McCaffrey happening. If an injury happens, that totally changes changes the thought process. I don't again, I don't know what the Panthers are asking, but I, I would have to assume they're looking for high draft picks that the Bills would not want to to part with. If you want to take, I think I think Saquon Barkley getting him out of the Giants and, and Brian Dable and Jeff Shane. To me, that's more likely than a Christian McCaffrey trade. The hard part about this one is is the money he's owed this year. He's making seven point two million this year. The Bills would have to if if they you know I don't think either of these is going to happen. I think this one might be more likely. The Bills would have to fit you know maneuver some things or maybe even send salary back in this trade to make Barkley fit. But if you you know if you were really handicapping it, I I would think Barkley was is more likely. I mean he's done after this year. You know exactly what you're getting. He's probably cheaper being a rental. I don't know. I don't see either of them happening, but people are talking about it, so there you go. All right, lastly, we are switching over to some Sabres talk. The Sabres opened the regular season tonight against Ottawa. They won 4-1, to two empty netters there. The real goals were scored by J.J. Paterka and Rasmus Dahlin. Craig Anderson played out of his mind. Kind of, he's my first star. He kind of won in the game. Uh, I don't know. The, the Sabres allowed some very, very good chances. And Craig Anderson, not saying he stole the game. The Sabres played well enough to win, but Craig Anderson really made sure that they held a lead, especially in the third period. Give them credit. They held on to a third period lead or one goal, third period lead. They came back from a goal down. Definitely credit them for that. They scored two goals. I mean, power play didn't look good. Defensive zone coverage, a little bit lax. It's the first game. Those They're going to come. It'll, they'll find their way. We did a, a Sabres uh, season preview over at uh at WIVB and I picked the Sabres for you know around 85 points. I said they if things break their way and their buyers at the deadline, we could see exciting, meaningful games in March and even April. I still don't see them making the playoffs. The vibes are good. You know I love the vibes. Opening night vibes were good. Nothing else about that performance today made me think that I am wrong to pick them to miss the playoffs again. It'll be cool if I'm wrong. Just from here, that's not how it's looking to me. Um, a team MVP, I picked Rasmus Dahlin. I think if they're going to take a step forward, it's going to be because Rasmus Dahlin goes from good to great. They You got to have big puck-moving defensemen who also get in on the scoring all the best teams have it. If Rasmus Dahlin can take the next step, it's his fifth year already. I did not realize. Maybe it's just me not wanting to be old or something, but did not realize he was 
it's, you know, it's going to be five years already since he was the number one pick. It's, it's time for him to, to take the, even, you know, the next step. He's already good. Can he be great? I think that'd be huge for the Sabres this year. So, all right. I think that's going to do it here. Uh, speaking of WIVB, uh, Don Postles, longtime anchor, uh, he, he shared a health update today. He had uh, a surgery that he's recovering from. Uh, there's some more info over there on, on the Facebook page and on WIVB.com. Don, best of luck with your recovery. Uh, Godspeed with that, and we will see you back on the air in no time. Keep working at that, Don. See you soon. All right. Thank you for listening and staying with me on this one-man show. Charlie, miss you, buddy. Get back here soon. This is a lot of talking to do all at once. Uh, thank you to Ethos Performance Rehab, our sponsor. If you want to feel better, train better, perform better, hit new highs on your lifts. If you want to just feel better afterward, if you you think you sit too much at work and you need some strategies to, to offset that, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, if you follow them on Instagram, if you heard about us, they were out in Nova Scotia last weekend because some of their athletes were, were in uh, it's some some powerlifting championships and won. They won. I per, per Ethos Performance Rehab social media, there some of their athletes won at uh, this powerlifting meet in Nova Scotia. So congratulations to all the lifters out there. If you Want to work with Ethos Performance Rehab? Tell them the process sent you. You can find them online. Find them on Instagram. Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach, highly recommended. Tell them the process sent you. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening. Looking forward to a fun football game. And remember to always trust the process.